Hi, this is Nick Forster. Welcome to E-Town. This week we are going to revisit a show we recorded um, almost exactly a year ago. This one with Damian Gerardo, Laura Gibson, Strong Achievement Award winner Charles Robbins, and a cool finale. And these were some real characters. So it's, um, it's always interesting when you have smart, creative people coming together and creating something in real time. That always happens at E-Town. Here it comes. Town Hall in the foothills of the Rocky Mountains, it's E-Town, with this week's guests from Portland, Oregon, Laura Gibson, Achievement Award winner Charles Robbins, and originally from Seattle and now living in Los Angeles, Damian Girado. I'm Helen Forster. Right now, join me in welcoming our host, Nick Forster. Thank you, Helen. Thanks, everybody. Welcome to E-Town Hall. I have no idea if the rain and uh, the foggy winters of the Pacific Northwest have anything to do with the fact that both of our guests this week are really thoughtful songwriters. You know, lyrics with plenty of, of um, creativity and evocative language and imagery. They both come from up there, one from Oregon and one from Washington State. My guess is that their gifts don't have much to do with the weather. Up first, an artist who is remarkably prolific. I think he's put out 18 records already, plus a similar number of EPs. He keeps just writing songs, prophetic songs sometimes, songs that go back and forth across time and lifetimes. He does it in every particular way that makes sense for him at that moment. This latest one that he's done and put out is a sparse one. Uh, just his voice and acoustic guitar throughout, but there is a ton of variety. He's got a fan base all over the world, people who have wandered into his handmade universe of stories and songs. Please welcome to E-Town, Damien Gerardo. Twisting in the vapors and the fumes There is nothing that I can say to you now That you have not already heard Lincoln, you've cheated me again From the highways I had visions in the shade No one who can take me from this land More than once I was captured in your lands Fall back, let the sunshine blind your eyes Hear the voices of your lovers be your guide There are many windows open in the house they are letting out your secrets with the heat. 
Confessions, I say not a word. So we let them keep guessing till they figure us out. Our made up wedding and your newspaper gown. We are placing our bets. They are making the call. We are going all in. We cannot win at all. And my wheels, they keep spinning. I am turned upside down. And will be the headlines in your newspaper gown. If I told you what your friends think is true At the end of my day All I want is you And would it destroy you? Would you not want me around? Am I a new pair of scissors For your newspaper gown? Take our chances and we risk it all. I am willing to let go, but I'm not willing to fall. We can't be married tonight, the news will astound. A 
Announcements made from your newspaper gown Hey, I'm Damien Gerardo. Welcome back to E-Town. Glad you're here. Thank you. This new record is called In the Shape of a Storm. Just you and a guitar. Did you record it in a studio or in your house, or where did you make it? I recorded it in the studio. Yeah. And this one, when it's just you sitting down and playing and singing, did you know all the songs you were going to cut first, or did you record a bunch and then decide what was going to make it on the record? No, I just went to the studio with a, just a whole handful of songs, just whatever's on the last album is what I walked in there with. And uh, I was only in the studio with my engineer for a period of two hours, and that was it. So I walked in, and I did five songs, like just like what you just, the audience just heard, like that fast. I did five songs, and I went to a convenience store, got some candy. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of candy? M&Ms. M&Ms, yeah. Were they the peanut or the, the chocolate? The peanut kind, yeah. Yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> but, um... Um, finished the bag of M&M's down a sparkling water and then I recorded the last five songs and that was it yeah. and then we mixed it and we were done two hours yeah. total so that's wild um, I should mention I was really sorry to hear about your friend Richard Swift and I know you made records with Richard and yeah. we talked last time about his influence and sort of opening up pathways for you as a creative person yeah definitely I mean when I was recording the newer record in the ship of the storm richard was already on his way out i knew he was very sick at the time it's very strange to be recording an album with his absence and it's a very stark record and i was about to make the move to california a big lifetime decision about doing that um there's just a lot of change happening yeah so in case you just tuned in you're listening to e-town here with damien gerardo I get the sense, even though a lot of the subjects and the songs are, are fairly serious, that you're a guy who finds humor in circumstances as you travel around and go to play shows and... Yeah, I've been told I'm pretty funny. <laughs> See what I mean? <laughs> That's all I have to say, yeah. <laughs> but no, it's true, I mean, I do, I do find humor in a lot of, a lot of things. It's funny because like, I, I'm nowhere near half the characters I write about in my songs, thank God. But um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a very jovial person, I think. Well, oh, um, I, bet, I bet you are. That's my experience. That's my experience. Uh, but what I was gonna say is, um, just thinking about you being pensive and internal in some ways, were you that way as a kid? That's a good question. First of all, my family was very nomadic, so I think that had a huge influence in my writing later as I was an adult. Um, I was a troublemaker. I was a class cut-up, and I was, yeah, just always in trouble. Like, like real trouble or just like the... Like going to jail trouble. I first started smoking when I was 10 and uh, burned down a church field. True story. Set a field on fire. True story. Houston, Texas um, burned down an entire church field of tall grass. And it was a very dry summer. And um, there I was trying to light this Winston. And the cigarette was lit. I did smoke it. And then 
a 10-year-old. Can you imagine this, a 10-year-old kid? And I just sat there smoking and watching this field just <laughs> burn. And then I waited for the cops to show up. Yeah, and here I am. That's kind of what I was imagining. I'm glad to know that. Thank you for telling me yeah. that story. All right, Damien, listen, we have a bunch of songs to get to. Thanks for coming back to E-Town. Welcome back, if you would, Damien Jurado.
And I knocked them like dishes to the floor That's Damien Gerardo, originally from Seattle, now living in Los Angeles. The latest record is called In the Shape of a Storm at a Mama Bird Records. Damien Gerardo, he'll be back later on to play some more music. Your visit to E-Town is made possible in part by Silk, the charter sponsor of Change the Course. The program was co-created with National Geographic to restore water in critically water-stressed ecosystems. Now you can learn more about Silk's commitment to the environment and to plant-based nutrition at silk.com. And by our diverse family of NPR affiliates and community stations, plus college and commercial stations, as well as our international stations and podcast subscribers worldwide. Thank you for your continued support. You're listening to E-Town. I'm Nick Forster. You're listening to E-Town. Damien Gerardo is going to be back, play some more music in a little while. Coming up, another great singer-songwriter from the Northwest, Laura Gibson, is here. So, so uh, tapping into the timeless universe of Damien Gerardo uh, reminds me that we are all connected, and uh, all of us everywhere. And so once a week, uh, we get to share a story about somebody who's doing something to help other people, simple stories that listeners send us, and then we get to share them, pass them on as a reminder that we are, in fact, all connected, and can, we can all do something to help. So that's what we do through the Achievement Award. Uh, here comes Helen Forrester to tell you about this week's winner. Thank you, Nick. Our winner this week is Charles Robbins of Los Angeles, California. In the mid-80s, as a young adult, Charles came out as a gay man. About the same time, he began to realize the impact of HIV and AIDS on the gay community, both in Denver, where he was born and raised, and also in his adopted hometown of Los Angeles. Now, at certain times in his life, Charles had struggled with drug and alcohol addiction. While in L.A., he sought treatment, and afterwards he chose to do community service to help him stay healthy and because he wanted to give back. He found an organization that provided meals for people with HIV-AIDS, and he was personally deeply affected by his work with them. After moving back to Denver, he noticed there was no similar service being offered there, so he decided to start his own organization to continue that work. Now, though Charles currently lives in L.A., his Colorado organization is still going strong and has expanded to providing much-needed nourishment to people suffering from all kinds of illness. Now, Charles has traveled from Los Angeles to join us and tell us more, so please welcome this week's Achievement Award winner, Charles Robbins.
Charles, thanks for being with us. It is a pleasure. Thank you so much for the invitation and the award. So for those who are listening who may not know, uh, at the time you started volunteering, why was it essential to provide meals for people with HIV AIDS? In the 80s, there were no drug therapies. Matter of fact, the very first drug therapy didn't get released from clinical trials until 1996. Hmm. And so it was common for individuals who had HIV AIDS, they have wasting syndrome and loss of body tissue and, and body mass. They were dying more from malnutrition than Amazing. from the illness itself. Was there also, uh, for caregivers, a stigma around serving uh, AIDS victims in their homes? And Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, definitely in the beginning, yeah. um, there was a big fear. And Helen said that volunteering uh, at the place in L.A. really moved you. It was really cathartic for me. It was the first time in my life where I actually was doing something for somebody else. Yeah. And steeped in my addiction, that was not the case. And so it felt good. It felt yeah. like the right thing to do. And then uh, you came back to Denver and you saw that there was nothing like that. That's correct. So what'd you do? How do you start something? I'm always curious about how this idea turns to reality because I assume it starts small. Very small. I was attending Episcopal Church in Denver. I uh, had a conversation with Reverend Al Halverstad about you know my volunteer experience in LA. Mm-hmm. He was pretty moved by the conversation. He said, you know, let me show you something. And he walked me into the parish kitchen, which was not being used because it was in a state of disrepair. And he said, do you think something like this could Mm. work? I was like, absolutely. So that took six months. Um, But in the meantime, what we did was we got a trail uh, lasagna from Racine's restaurant. And I called the Colorado AIDS Project and said, I have a group of individuals who'd love to deliver a warm meal to somebody living with AIDS. Would you mind if we delivered to your clients? And the response was overwhelming, and uh, we started with a small band of people. One tray of lasagna and some friends, and then off you go. There we went. Um, Helen mentioned something about how your group delivers to not only AIDS patients, but those with other illnesses as well. Yes. I I originally founded Project Angel Heart in Denver with any life-threatening illness, but we had to focus. And so we focused just on people with HIV and AIDS. The organization has evolved. Thankfully, you know, people are living long and healthy lives with HIV. And today, uh, they're serving all individuals with a life-threatening illness. And these are homebound folks who are, in some cases, not getting access to good nutrition? That's correct. Um, Different stages of illness and homebound, or some have been in um, hospice or other facilities. And how do you find the patients? They're all referred in. Uh, Case managers and healthcare workers um, refer in. So you have a reputation now. There is a reputation, and it's amazing the amount of growth that the organization has seen. Yeah. Since inception, uh, this number always uh, uh, makes me for clumped, they've touched 20,000 people with meals. Wild. Um, This past year, they served their 7 millionth meal. Wild. Yeah, it's, wow. it's, it's amazing. 20,000 people, 7 million meals over the course of the history of the organization. That's amazing. And so I'm assuming that that little band of uh, volunteers from the beginning has expanded. You've got more people helping it, now. That's right. They point. have about 9,000 volunteers 9, on an annual basis wow. delivering meals, it's not amazing. only in Denver, but also in Colorado Springs. And just to circle back, so where does the food come from or where do the ingredients? 20% of the food is donated. 
and the rest of it is procured through purveyors. Farmers or? or um, farmers, Cisco, all kinds of yeah. uh, purveyors where they get the best price. Wild. And, uh, you know, the meals are delivered on a weekly basis. Hmm. It's a week's worth of oh. meals. And so they're wow. fresh cooked, then frozen, and then delivered to the individuals. So it's a and, week's and, worth and of food. And I tell you, the, the main ingredient is the love that is inspired in the recipes. Yeah, yeah. It is the main ingredient, and it is the act of kindness. Right. When you're sick, you don't want to see anybody. You know, you isolate. And uh, it might have been the only time that somebody came to their door was when a Project Angel Heart volunteer showed up. Wild. Well, and also um, we've seen evidence of the healing powers of these kinds of things. Some, some effort, some contact, some positive affirmation and some real nutrition can yes. really make a difference. Yes. Well, food is medicine. Yeah. Can you give us an example of somebody who had their world was improved by, by through this program? Sure. Uh, Roberta is a stage four cancer survivor, was very weak from the chemotherapy and had mouth sores. And so the cool thing about Angel Heart is that meals are modified depending on either the illness or the condition and so obviously soft foods and things that weren't acidic were important for that mm-hmm. um, and uh, made a difference. Yeah, that's so great. So um, I'm just imagining what it's like to sort of flash back to your own period of addiction and despair and then having that opportunity to help somebody else when you were in Los Angeles and then coming back and having that conversation at the church about the kitchen that was sort of ill-used. Did you have any idea that it would become this Bigger program and this successful? No. You know, I had no clue that it would be as yeah. vibrant and as large and as impactful. Yeah. And the need is real. And the need is real. Yeah. And I've always said, you know, one person can make a difference. Yeah. That's cool, Charles. Well, listen, congratulations. I want to ask before we move on, website, Project Angel Heart? Yes, projectangelheart.org.org. Only 8% of the revenue that they receive is from government contracts or um, its fees. The rest of it is all philanthropic, so they could always use donations. Yeah. And you're back in L.A. now, so you just watch this from afar, and you just sort of grin and smile and, and just and, imagine and, and your good fortune. And take it in. And, yeah. and, you know, we say we're all connected, and so it's this universal connection that yeah. I really feel plugged into. Yeah, that's great. Charles, congratulations. The winner of this week's Achievement Award, Mr. Charles Robbins founder of Project Angel Heart. Congratulations, 20,000 patients served, millions of meals, it's amazing. Thank you. Thanks, Charles, congratulations. The winner of this week's Achievement Award, Charles Robbins. If you missed it, our website does have contact information and more about Project Angel Heart. That's at etown.org. And as usual, you can also nominate someone to be considered for an achievement award there as well. Or you can always write us the old-fashioned way at Fox 954, Boulder, Colorado, 80306. Thank you, Helen. Thanks, Charles. That was a great story. Damien Gerardo's going to be back to play some more music later on in the show. Let me tell you what's coming up next. Laura Gibson grew up in a logging community on the coast of Oregon. She went to college and then moved to Portland, uh, where she focused on music, sang, and played for hospice patients for a little while, and then released her first EP. She kept on writing and recording 
one interesting story is that in uh, 2007, she was playing at South by Southwest. The gig was so noisy that folks from NPR couldn't really hear her, so they invited her to perform at their desk back in DC. Thus was launched, literally, the Tiny Desk Concert Series. She was the first. She's got a lovely new record out, and we're really happy that she's here. Please welcome to E-Town for her first visit, Laura Gibson. Hello. What a wonderful thing you all have here. It's so nice to be here. Thank you. 
Laura Gibson, welcome to E-Town. Oh, thanks so much. Thank you for um, having me. I mentioned that you uh, grew up in a logging community on the coast of Oregon. What was the name of the town and what was it like? Yeah, um, it was called Coquille. Coquille. And as I was growing up, the logging industry in Oregon was, was declining yeah. Yeah, and collapsing. And so, you know, so much attention is given to Portland where I live now, where, where there's just new buildings going up all the time and yeah. condos on every corner. And in the place where I grew up, um, most of the buildings are shuttered and um, no one even bothers to tear them down because there's nothing they would put in their in yeah. their place and so it's quite a different scene yeah um and I, I, it's one of the most beautiful places i've ever been i've been so many places now and i yeah. still think that the south coast of oregon is just so stunning and i was lucky to spend a lot of time in nature growing up and yeah. i'm very thankful for that yeah had you had musical heroes or heroines in mind, just sort of North Stars, you thought, oh man, I love these people and these will guide me in my journey? I didn't start playing music until I was in college. So Patty Griffin, the Indigo Girls I really loved in college. And then I later discovered Leonard Cohen in college and he's been just a, a really huge influence throughout yeah. my life. Getting sadder here. and sadder. I know, I know. <laughs> Let's see, who else? <laughs> uh, Gillian Welch, there's some joy in yeah, her songs. Um, um, in case you just tuned in, you're listening to E-Town. I'm here with Laura Gibson. There's a couple more stories I want to touch on. Obviously, I mentioned the Tiny Desk concert at the South by Southwest. Bob Boylan says, come on and play. And then suddenly <laughs> you're the kickoff artist for this thing, right? Yeah, I, I mean, it's... Truth was, it was just the worst moment of my life playing that show and seeing these NPR guys out in the audience, and it was going so terribly. And I just look out and I see there's Bob yeah. Boylan watching this, the worst show that I've ever played. And to be honest, I like really wanted to cry afterwards. And instead, I was like, no, I better go be professional and, and talk to those guys. And um, Bob Boylan and Stephen Thompson was there, and, and they said, hey, we have an idea. And I happened to be going on tour with Colin Malloy hmm. of the Decemberists that following month and we had a DC show so yeah um, we tried it out and it was you know no one knew what was happening when he it, I think the the camera was sort of duct taped <laughs> duct taped to the wow. ceiling at that point and he just made this announcement and like Laura Gibson's going to be playing at Bob Boylan's desk here and yeah uh, and in 10 minutes and and people just sort of wandered in and weren't sure what to make of it and so it's very crazy that that's it became cool. this giant thing and that's cool and um one more story i want to touch on which is just freaky because i we spent some time in these village in new york and were aware of this explosion that happened when there was a gas line that was compromised because somebody was trying to soak up a gas line without having to pay for a new meter or something like that and uh the front of this building kind of just blew up and apparently you were in the building i was yeah at the time. so I, I made a big move to new york to go to graduate school and take time off music and then 
a friend of a friend had a cheap room in the East Village, and I thought, perfect, this is what luck to get this room. And then six months later, I was just sitting on the couch, and the explosion happened five floors below me, and I just immediately ran out and ran down the stairs, and luckily our, our stairs faced the direction opposite the explosion, and so I could run out. Yeah. Um, but I had no wallet. I had my phone on me, but I had no no wallet. So the first week was just rebuilding an identity. And the building one, burned down, building Yeah, so by the end yeah. of the night, um, yeah. it was just a pile of bricks. Wow. And many people lost so much more than I did. I think from the minute I got out, I'd never once thought again about the stuff that had yeah. burned. I was just so thankful. But I just I felt really supported by my community and... I felt deep gratitude from very early on, and um, I, I still I felt so close to my friends in New York yeah. and my friends at home. That's great. We've got a lot more music to get to. Welcome back, if you would, Laura Gibson. Yeah. I'm going to have Nick and Helen and the band join me for the next couple songs. It's very generous of them to learn these two songs. I'm excited to, to have a band. Oh. 
band for joining me on that. That's Laura Gibson from uh, Portland in New York City. The record's called Goners on Bar City Slang Records along with E-Tones, Christian Teal, Ron Jolly, Chris Engelman, and Helen Forster. Laura Gibson. This portion of E-Town is made possible by the Bohemian Foundation, building stronger communities through the Bohemian qualities of creativity and imagination on the web at bohemianfoundation.org. By the way, if you tuned in late and you've missed some of this week's program, the E-Town podcast will have this episode and others along with content from past shows as well. It's available for free in iTunes and Spotify and other podcast directories. You're listening to E-Town. I'm Nick Forster. I'd like to say hello to our listeners who hear E-Town on stations like WCSQ, 105.9 FM radio in Cobleskill, New York, on KUWR Wyoming Public Radio throughout the state of Wyoming, but based in Laramie, and on WVTF, Virginia's public radio based in Roanoke, Virginia. Thank you all for listening. And as always, if you want more information about any of our guests this week, you want to find out about how to get tickets to a live show or see um, exactly what uh, Damien Gerardo's boots looked like today. All of that stuff is available online at etown.org. So far, so good, right? Some great stuff from Damien and from Laura, aspiring Achievement Award winner. And yes, there apparently is another way of walking through the world with the uh, inner voice a little louder and maybe technology a little quieter and um, intuition providing some guidance along the way. We can, in fact recognize that we're all connected and we can also 
all make a difference if we find that opportunity. Quickly, I'm just going to read this poem that was written about 500 years ago by Mira that's kind of related to this. It says, Before I fell asleep last night, I laid awake and wondered, what did I achieve this day? Just roaming around, calling his name. So I brought before my mind's eye all who I had been kind to, and it turned out to be all things that I had seen. I'd call that one hell of a productive day. It's pretty good, 500 years ago. So being kind adds up. Thank you for staying with us here. Right now, would you please help me welcome back to E-Town, Damien Jurado. I just started playing this song on this tour, and it's a brand new. It's called Fool Maria. as in Eden. 
Damien Jurado, now living in Los Angeles. We've got time for one more song. We're going to get everybody out on stage. Um, I want to thank all our guests. Thanks to our award winner, Charles Robbins and Project Angel Heart. Super inspiring story, bringing food to people who are homebound and in need. Thanks to Lori Gibson for coming out from Portland, Oregon. Thanks to the E-Tones. Helen Forster, thanks to Damien Jurado. We had a lot of different uh, ideas for our last song, but this is one of the ones that was uh, one of his favorites when he was a young person. I'm Nick Forster. Hope you can be with us next week, right here, anytime. Supported nonprofit organization and recorded live at E Town Hall. To make an Achievement Award nomination, comment on the show in general, or get tickets to a live taping, feel free to visit our website, etown.org.
is made possible by our family of sponsors, this station, and listeners like you. Laura Gibson, Damian Gerardo, the E-Tones. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. This is a production of E-Town. That's E-Town. Thanks again to Damian Gerardo, Laura Gibson, and our award winner, Charles Robbins. I'm Nick Forster. Thank you for listening.